limited podcast series will include in-depth conversations that will tug at the heartstrings and bring light to the people that have had the ability of doing the proper planning for themselves and their families and even some of the people that haven't. We feel it's imperative to get comfortable with the uncomfortable and having these courageous conversations and engaging with these people that we've had the ability to work with will help all of you make better decisions for you and the people that you love the most. Share your story with uh, with me just about, you know, a little bit of background with you and Joe, and then really, I would say the genesis of when you started to realize that there was something going wrong and and when he became sick, you know, maybe maybe pick it up when when Caitlin was born, you know, and progressing through to, you know, both your your decision to do some planning and then and then how that progressed through, you know, finding out that Joe was sick. Um, well, actually, I, I'll, I'll start with getting married. And luckily, um, I mean, it was just, you know, always kind of ingrained in my head from my dad and my grandpa to make sure you had, um, you know, your planning initiated as soon as you got married. Honestly, at this point, I think sooner is even better. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, we kind of, you know, I nudged him to do that and he didn't want to do it. You know, we just bought a house. We were, you know, just married, thinking about having kids. And, you know, the first thing people think of is the expense of it. And I was like, oh, well, I, you know, I was told to do this and I think it's important. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we did because uh, shortly after when I got pregnant with Caitlin, he started having really uh, major headaches. Um, he'd come home from softball and just black out on the floor and have severe migraines. Um, you know, and he, got, he had gone to his family doctor four times and, and they even kind of shunned it off as, you know, as if it was nothing or it was stress from having a new baby because um, it was really happening um, pretty badly after, after Caitlin was born and when she was about three months old. Mm -hmm. And then sure enough, we found out he had a brain tumor. I mean, again, luckily I had life insurance on him. Um, and, and when he was originally diagnosed, I mean, he was given a year and a half to two years. And, and I mean, you can't get insurance on somebody after they're diagnosed with something like that. So, you know, basically I think kind of the good story of all of this is that if you do the right thing, I mean, I don't know about you, but I see all kinds of Facebook um, stories out there where people are posting GoFundMe pages because they never had their planning in order. And so now these women or these families are struggling because they've lost an income. They're now having to move. They won't be able to stay in their home and so on and so forth. And so, I mean, I'm glad that we took that step because afterwards, you know, when you're in grief stages, sometimes you don't even want to go to work and, you know, having that insurance policy and that income that, that came with it uh, was beneficial to all of us. It's you, you brought up a lot of good points there. And I, and I, you know, I, what I really want to get out of this more than anything is I want, I wish that, that families, individuals, even young people, I have conversations with, with my kids. So, you know, I mean, um, I just sent you a video of, of my now 15 year old son, who's a six foot two and can dunk a basketball, but it's like, you know, I, I don't think I, I was having conversations with him when he was 12 years old, you know, just about even if it's something in life like, 
you know, don't order before your mom or your sisters or hold a door, do like, that's one thing, but like really giving them the, the benefit of having some education and some financial wherewithal, because a lot of times um, it's not there. And, I, and I'll use this example, but you use the GoFundMe uh, as an example. And I think it's a really, really good example because, um, you know, if you, if you really think of it this way, when you, and, and I'm not, by the way, I'm not trying to pick on people to do a GoFundMe. I think it's great. When oh, absolutely it, not. I'm not picking on that either. I mean, however, it's not insurance. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and here's a silly example. And what I was saying earlier about having these conversations and bringing things to light is that if we actually would be more open to having these types of conversations and just addressing the elephant in the room, whether it's politics or religion or, or, or financial planning or things like that, people want to avoid it. And one of the things that we're doing with our, I would call it our, our series that we're doing for Life Insurance Awareness Month is addressing the misconceptions of life insurance. And it's funny you bring up one thing that I thought was very important. The biggest misconception is, is that um, I'm very young and healthy and I'll get it when I need it. Well, that's a similar uh, example of saying, I'll get auto insurance after I wreck my car. You right. know? And I actually remember having the conversation with you. We were sitting at the Silver Spring House with you and Joe right yeah. along. The window. I remember the table that we were sitting at. And it was a little bit of a, of, a, of a somber time because you were letting me know what was going on with Joe. And, you know, I, I mean, sadly, um, and if you want to share with everybody, what, what was the condition? What was the condition that he had? Um, so obviously the survivor rate is, is non-existent, right? And it's sad, right. but you still, you still naturally stay optimistic, you know, and you know me, I'm the ultimate optimist, but it's like, you know, I'm like, oh, no, Joe, you're going to be great. And he was happy. He's like, I'm going to beat this. And it was great. But in the back of your mind, you have to be thinking about the worst case scenario, because, A, that's what moms do. And B, the time to repair the roof is when the sun's shining, not when it's raining. Right. You know, you for your your whole life and follow me on this on this parallel here, because this may be unpopular for our younger listeners, because this isn't on the heels of, of uh, all of our young people learning that our government just wants to keep spending money and paying for <laughs> people's college, right? Yeah. So you made the decision to go ahead and, and forego some of your, your, your finances to put into a life insurance policy. And by the way, you didn't just do a life insurance policy, but you had a combination of term and you, and you had permanent insurance, yeah. which you know I'm a huge proponent in permanent insurance because it creates a, a Swiss army knife of sorts for families to be able to use the cash that's accumulated inside of it for things like college or unexpected expenses that happen before you're able to use your retirement money, right? right? But it also gives you the insurance benefit in the event that there is a premature death that both you and I have had um, experience in our lives with loved ones. Yeah. And and so you you went ahead and said, okay, I'm not gonna take all my money. I'm gonna I'm gonna forego, you know, five to 10% of my money to put into this type of plan so that I'm prepared for me and my family in the worst case scenario. And then when other people say, no, I don't want to spend that money. I'm going to enjoy it and consume it and go out and do more things with it. And then all of a sudden they get bailed out because of GoFundMe or because of whatever. Yeah. It sounds like a happy story online, but the reality is, is that I sacrificed more than you did yet. You're going to come out with all your expenses covered you know, and, and you never did really anything to sacrifice. It reminds me exactly of, of a family that was saving money for college 
worked double shifts, did whatever they had to do. They sacrificed maybe going out to eat or doing things a couple more times. And now the people that didn't want to save are going to get bailed out because they didn't have any money put back for their kids to go to college. And now the government's bailing them out, but they're not going to write checks to the people that already paid for their kids' college. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, not to get us all heated this early in the day here, but um, you made the decision to do that. And and I think the other point that I wanted to, to, to pull out of that is, is that you said that Joe was hesitant. Yes. Right? How healthy yes. was he when you were going through this process? Probably very healthy, right? Yeah, extremely healthy. He had no prior issues to us getting this, this insurance. And so when you found out and you saw the diagnosis, I mean, what were your emotions when you heard those those dreaded words? When you, especially the one word that's always dreaded, which is cancer. You know, what do you, do you remember the feeling that you had? And do you remember that moment in time? Yeah, I mean, when he was first diagnosed, we we knew he had a brain tumor, but they didn't know until they went in to operate. And then, um, you know, we all sat in the room there, and, and he said he said that it was stage four partial stage three, but um, it was classified as officially GBM. I mean, if part of it's stage four, then it's not good. Um, and that he had a year and a half to live. And I just had had, I had a three month old baby at home. So I was freaking out needless to say. Mm -hmm. From diagnosis to when Joe ultimately passed, how long, uh, how close was that? that that diagnosis or that that lifespan that, that that they gave so they called him the valedictorian because he did he did very well um he responded to treatment very well and um he didn't pass away until 2017 so he was with us for 10 more years but you know you never know most people with this don't survive that long mm -hmm. so i you know i was on a mission because i wanted to protect our family mm -hmm. The other thing you brought up uh, that I took note of was you said um, something that is really see all too often when we're when we're talking about, you know, life insurance or we're talking about even retirement planning, we look at it in such a logical way that it's it's literally impossible to make a decision with the same emotion when you're not feeling that emotion. Right. And, and what I mean by that is, like you said, I didn't there, you know, you, you, you get paralyzed emotionally, like how, how it's, it's easy to say in a logical, uh, premeditated way, well, I'll just go to work. I'll, I'll be able to earn an income after the fact. Well, number one, you don't know what your, what your worth is going to be. I mean, if you look at unemployment, uh, peaks and valleys over the last 10 years, you're never going to really know, you know, how hireable you are or how in demand you are, or even what your what kind of salary you can you can draw, right? Or income you can draw. Absolutely. Or your 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 mental state of mind to say, am I even able to do it? Oh, by the way, um, this is coming from a from a kid, me, that June 30th, 1984, when my father passed away. My mom went on one mission, and that was to make sure that she that her kids felt like everything was okay. You know? Now, half of that's cool, right? That you want to be able to live a normal life, but the other half was was, and she would say was probably not the best choice because we, we should, we needed to be mourning and yeah. we to feel not okay to be able to move past it. And yeah. when you add financial burden to that, you know, I, I don't know. Um, that kind of leads me to this is, is, do you think that you could have properly gone through that with Caitlin and Carter 
and and yourself as as of equal importance of, to the kids because you're you're the now the the only parent. Do you think that that would have been um, the same if you also had the financial struggle um, of not having insurance? No, I mean I I can't actually can't even imagine that. I mean, you know, when that happens, you kind of go through the motions, you know. And, and you're just kind of going through each day to get through it, you know, and some days I didn't want to work. I'm trying to get the kids where they need to be. And, you know, cause your life changes in an instant. I'm the sole person who's getting both these kids everywhere and, uh, you know, trying to manage a home, make sure everything's taken care of. And um, so, yeah, it's crazy. I, I literally can't imagine not having that because just like you said, um, and it, it, it's not about the money. Like that's not the importance of the insurance. It's just because it's, it's the, the sole fact that you have the financial freedom to either take a break and go through the grief as you wish, or, you know, honestly stay in your home. I mean, I, there's tons of single moms out there that are stay at home moms and their husband mm -hmm. passes and they keep, they have to move. They're trying to find a job on top of all this other stuff. And, um, yeah, I, I just, I can't imagine it. And again, like we've discussed the GoFundMe pages. I mean, there's, there's still not going to protect you financially like like you need it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just not going to help you. I mean, it'll help you by means of maybe paying for funeral expenses and stuff, stuff like that, but not ultimately your major finances. I mean, bills, mortgage, you know, utilities, all of that stuff. So... You know, the way that we talk about it, I remember I remember discussing this with you and Joe is, you know, people will often say, um, oh, I'm good. We got a 401k. We got we got different assets. If, if I were to if I were to pass, you know, there's enough there. Right. And I always say and I, I actually think I said this to Joe. Um, well, does, is Tara not going to retire? Because last I checked, those are retirement assets. Right. So, so if we push those to the front. And now you got to use that for income. How are you going to retire? You see what I mean? So people, that's another misconception is it, that we've addressed that we're going to bring up in, in this in this Life Insurance Awareness Month series is um, don't confuse having assets for having insurance because it's, it's, it's as simple as this. In the absence of people earning income, you need capital earning income. And um, our subsequent meeting when, um, you know, when, when we got back together and um, sadly, within months of Joe dying, you you quickly realized, you know, after all the food stops coming in from the meal wheels and people stop sending cards and the flowers die, you're still left with the same financial burden that you had when Joe was walking the earth, you know, and right. and I will tell you this, you know, while I can never I can't ever be somebody that can that can add time to somebody's life or change the circumstance what I can do is be the only person there that has any bit of good news. And that is that we're going to get through this. And I actually remember, um, I do not say this in a self-indulgent way. I don't, I'm, or self-righteous or anything. I'm not banging my chest. I'm just saying with my job, one of the, one of the ultimate rewards of what I get to do is sit in a moment like that and look you square in the eye at firehouse grill. I'll never forget it and say, we're, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Because for you, you didn't really know. All you knew is I got this amount, but you were smart enough to realize that that's that's probably not as much as I would have chosen, right? And it wasn't about money, but it's like, 
How am I going to replace an income? Well, and again, that's the other kind of, uh, you know, caveat of that, you know, I would, you know, advocate for people to get maybe a higher portion in term, you know, we based it on income. And so at the time when we first got married, his income wasn't as high. Well, mm -hmm. he got sick when his income was still low, mm -hmm. you know, so by the time his income went, went up, you know, and you're, you're buying bigger and better things, obviously. Um, and he was doing well, um, you know, you can't change the policy. So, right. um, not without and, proving your health. And just like you said, I mean, I always, I thought it was important to have term and, and permanent and, you know, because if something doesn't happen, term's so cheap. Mm -hmm. permanent again you have that money available to you for other expenditures college mm -hmm. you know whatever you need maybe you're yeah. taking a really nice car and you've decided you're going to do that whatever right so uh i i know uh in the, in the closing moments here there's some other things i wanted to to ask you because you know we brought up you know that um emotional crippling effect that you feel right that last you know that 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 post that postmortem depression is a real thing, just like postpartum depression is. And the ways that your, your chemical balances change, you know, in the event of dealing with something so major, would you, would you have been able to step away from work and step away from the financial side of things had you not had that? And what, what, what privilege did that give you to be able to step away and be with the kids and mourn the right way? Did that give you more of a privilege to stay away from work and really deal with what you needed to deal with as a family? Yes, absolutely. Because, you know, your entire structure has changed. So it's basically trying to figure out your dynamic as a three person home, as a per as opposed to four, you know, mm -hmm. when you're just one person doing it, you know, it's much different, obviously, than a divorce. You, you don't pawn the kids off, after, you know, three or four days a week. You don't have that, that person to balance at all. So, mm -hmm. you know, me having that time to like engage with my in-laws, you know, my parents, um, my family members, just to help me out with navigating, getting the kids where they needed to be. Um, and, you know, my personal work schedule, like eventually. Um, so I, again, I can't imagine not having that. And, um, you know, just like we've talked about, I'd also advocate for, you know, getting your, your kids some sort of policy. And again, it's not, not, you know, to, to put some sort of value on their life or that you want money when they die. But I'm going to tell you, it doesn't follow the circle of life. So as a parent, you're going to be going through a lot of grief. And um, if that gives you the financial freedom to take some time away and, and, and deal with that hardship, then I'd recommend it to everyone. I mean, I really would. I just, I literally can't imagine not having that. And what do you think? It, so I look at it and I think that it's, it's probably one of those things like, like uh, a lot of people do with the dentist or going to the doctor or whatever is I don't want to deal with it. Right. Yeah. Um, but do, do you think that that's the thing is that people just um, either maybe it's a, it's a, it's, and I'm, I'm certainly not trying to be um, on either side of this, uh, uh, of the husband versus wife. I mean, we're in 2022, you know, when my mom was in 1984, she would admit like I was a homemaker and that was a common thing, right? And it wasn't yeah. as misogynistic to say that. Um, now I would say on either side, husband or wife, whomever the breadwinner is, the other person saying, well, I don't take care of the finances. Well, that's fine if you don't take care of them, 
But wouldn't you say that some transparency and awareness may raise some questions that they should ask to get somebody that could help them at least plan and know that they have a plan in the event that the worst case happens? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, I feel like when you have, you know, somebody who's helping you with that kind of stuff, you can work with them to maybe fit their budget a little better or something so that they at least have something to protect them. Mm -hmm. I mean, why you wouldn't do that for your family, I, I don't know, but apparently there's a lot of people that don't. And, you know, I have some friends who have recently gotten sick and, and they didn't have life insurance and they, they currently can't get it. So, um, you know kind of one of those little bum deals. And, you know, I, I think about it. What if Joe had gotten sick prior to us getting married? You mm -hmm. know, I was taught like, wait until you're married. Well, you know, I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily a fan of that either. Right. Yep. And I always compare it to the people that say you should wait till you're 50 to get your first colonoscopy. I mean, I think that people should be sued for mal malpractice for saying that because there's a lot of people that get it and die before 50 and it could have been prevented and yeah. similar to the insurance because, um, you know, final, final topic here, because I really want your voice to be something that is heard that other people can learn from your story and, and what went on with Joe and ultimately Car Carter and, and, and Caitlin. But, um, and again, I've known you for my gosh, 25 years, I think something, something like that. Um, yeah. and so I've been able to watch, um, the, the, the fruit that that's been that, that we could bear from what what resources you have and so I I kind of know the answer here but um has has the loss of an income as tragic and as awful as it was but is that eliminated your ability to retire or are you on pace to still retire and, and are you are you are you living a comfortable life financially now I am living a very comfortable life financially now and um yeah gotten into some interesting things and some hobbies and yeah so um it once again um you know you don't have that person physically but yeah it's important i mean he was around to help financially and so with that being set in place you know it hasn't been that big of a sting um if any honestly so um that's the importance of it as well and and just like i said again with the grief in the beginning i mean you have so many things to do like you know if, if your partner or, or child is an organ donor or what i mean you're you're answering questions you're trying to plan a funeral you know you're 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 mocking up the obituary you've got friends and people call, i mean it's just complete chaos so you know you're off and it was just it was nice that i knew i had that safety net and that protection so having that type of financial freedom instead of you know having to go back to work and figure things out a couple weeks after you have a spouse die. I can't even imagine that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, I know uh, this was obviously less less than an ideal uh, thing to bring back up, but the you know this is the second time that you've been courageous enough to share some of the information. I remember um, sharing this in front of 1,100 people at a keynote event um, with your permission, obviously to show the impact to one of the companies that, that we represent, insurance companies that we represent. It carried tremendous weight then um, and awareness then. And, and our hope is that this content can go out, even if it reaches one parent or one person that says, you know, I need to address this. I need to take into account that my kids, even, even in the event of not having a premature death of a young one, 
but I've had clients whose kids have um, been diagnosed with, with, uh, with blood cancers and with chronic illnesses or with autoimmune diseases. And the reality is, is that they can live a long, healthy life with that and they can become a breadwinner. And then, and then subsequently maybe, maybe pass earlier than, than wanted, but if they're going to have the ability to get married and be a breadwinner, why are we robbing them of that ability to have insurance? So you said it's our job to advocate for our children and I love the fact that I know all of my kids are protected. They, I hope that God, they never have, to, we never have to, to have a claim on that while I'm living. But right. I know this, regardless of what happens to them with their health before they get married and, and go get a nice job, I've given them that privilege of insurability by giving them an insurance policy that they'll have forever. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you for you know having the courage to get out and talk about this, but also being being selfless enough to put that plan in place, knowing that um, when you really step back, you may not see the full impact of it yet. But I guarantee you, um, when Caitlin and Carter are older, they're going to look back and you've set something into multi-generational motion where that wealth and what Joe worked hard for and what you worked hard for, it won't just expire after one generation. The hope right. is that it's multi-generational, which is what you and I have been working on for years. Yeah. So, yep. Um, well, and again, there's another, you know, benefit to it. I mean, just future, the future for yourself and your children overall. And then, well, and those of you that, those of the of our listeners that know you will know that you're too stubborn to die early. So you'll probably live to be 105. So I'm uh, pretty sure of it. I'll probably yeah. <laughs> take a cigar <laughs> with a beer in my hand. <laughs> Assuming that the pain of my, my death before yours doesn't kill you, right? That's what I will be very grief stricken for sure for at least an hour i I probably would like lose my mind but (laughs) (laughs) let's not talk about that (laughs) (laughs) well i i really do appreciate um number one it's a joy of our firm that you know a lot of our clients that we work with we call friends you know so um but uh to be able to serve you and your family and then for you to be able to share your story it means a lot i know it's not easy i know you're putting yourself out there Uh, but like i said you know, this, this could, this could move the needle with one person and we've done our job. So, um, thanks for sharing and, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll keep you updated on, on the progress we make with this and the feedback that we get, but, uh, thank you very much, Tara.